happens. We, we see a trend where like these sales and marketing leaders, sometimes they're the same, sometimes just a marketing leader, but they're kind of in the seat for a short period of time. And then they, then they tend to move on. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 84. Who do we have? 84, Kevin Butler. Again, Michael that's it. That's it. That's it. We should have a third camera going on the couch here. You can't, you can't see the couch. It's just, just empty. Blank. Additional, additional microphones and headsets and no people. Aw, <laughs> sad. Um, We're here to get stuff done today. We have yeah. no time. <laughs> yeah. It's holiday, it's holiday season. Mm-hmm. is among us. Mm-hmm. And we don't have... Uh, we're going on parties and we've got all sorts of stuff going on. So we don't have time okay, to bring more people into the mix. And what feels like the most dynamic of dynamic markets, just generally, I feel like things have flipped in this quarter alone from October to December. I feel like things in, in the broader market, whether it's macro or even sort of what we see on a day-to-day basis in our in our space, has changed maybe two or three times, like distinct changes. Yeah. it's It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, this has been crazy. This has been a crazy uh, three quarters, I would say. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, like a lot of organizations, I'm sure we saw, I would call it like a retraction of pipeline and deals we felt were committed and, and closable within this quarter. A lot of them pushed out with all the uncertainty, of course. And I feel like in the first, what is it, 16th, the first two weeks of December, everything's changed again. Where all sorts of projects and Momentum. strategic initiatives yeah. have picked up with defined close times, and I don't know about about you, but the last two weeks have been insane. It's like everything just ramped right back up. Yeah, I don't no, really has. know why. Yeah, deals are deals are flowing, and and there's it seems like I think people are settling into the new realities of the economy and are like, okay, we still need to what the do new business. normal. Yeah, the new new normal. <laughs> I feel like we've been here before. Yeah. And we still, hey, guess what? We still need to do deals. That's weird. We didn't think we had to, but I guess we do. I guess everybody still needs to do deals yeah. at the end of the day. So I guess marketing is probably still something we need to think about. Maybe not to the same degree as we've talked about before. You know, the craziness. We've already talked a bit about that. Maybe we'll talk more about that. Mm-hmm. You know, the un, unrelentless spending, unrelenting yeah. spending. It's now uh, turned into like purposeful spending. Yeah. Investment, as it were. Yeah. I mean, a lot yeah. of the deals, too, they look at them and then the marketing leader thinks, oh, yeah, I can go get sign off on this. And then they're coming back being like, oh, we got to cut this back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think there's still a bit of that figuring out at the at the director. I, I think at, at some of these department levels, VP levels, where they're like, how much do I actually have to spend? And what do I have to do to get there? So I think those budgets are being figured out. I think... Okay, I'm just going off the hip here. Um, I can think of three distinct reasons for a, a pickup, if you will, of um, sort of like why our deal flow is picked up. And we kind of obviously sell to sales and marketing leaders or mm-hmm. leaders who are focused on sales and marketing results. I think, one, perhaps there's a bit more... Um, a bit more certainty with what's going on when you look at like whether it's job markets and things like that and yeah. generally interest rates appear to be stable in this new normal so maybe that's one two um i think there is a realization of 
what's critical from a marketing program perspective and how that impacts our customers and prospects pipelines. Yes. They just can't sell if they aren't doing a, a volume of activity. Mm-hmm. And then the third point, which sort of dovetails from the, the previous comment is they have had to make some tough cuts in headcount. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's not that they didn't know this, I'm sure, but now they're seeing, oh, wow. Okay. Like we did have to let go of staff, unfortunately, but those people were still doing important things relative to activities to drive pipeline and revenue we kind of do need to pick some of that back up and perhaps it's more um, digestible and flexible to do with an agency rather than a, a FTE with all the sunk costs that an employee generally has. It, it definitely is. I mean, I think, you know, we're, we've, we have a flex retainer model that we've talked about or that we've, we've actually been deploying that, deploying that more now, yeah. right? Where people, I think it's, it, I think it's a still a little bit of an unknown. I don't think it's completely unique to us, but I think, um, certainly the marketing teams that we've talked to said this is really helpful because we can deploy multiple service capabilities within a spend level on a monthly, quarterly basis without subscribing to sort of minimum levels of all these things that we may or may not need at any given time. So, you know, it's not, it's something that you have to, as an agency, be careful with how you go about building that out because you can very quickly run into a situation where you've got too much of one thing and not enough of another thing. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we're big enough now. We've been able to smooth out our our um, our streams internally and how we build out our operational organization to the point where, like, we see this as a very good value add for a lot of marketing teams that, like you said, need to plug holes now because they just don't have the same spend or, or people, yeah. et cetera, that they've had before. Well, and this is sort of the, the value prop. One of the value props of an agency is our... Um, our palette of skill sets across distributed across like the entire operation in our case 35 35 plus employees it's just it's a greater deeper skill set than any one individual at an organization he or she might be really good at these two or three things we just happen to have more people who can be capable of so much more and it's yeah. usually a in some cases a price point conversation where there's greater cost efficiencies around that as well so I think we're going to see more and more of that, particularly as these holes are being plugged and realizations as to what was really meaningful and impactful for these organizations is starting to you know, become apparent. We need to do things come in the new year. Yeah. And I think um, that's not what we're talking about today, no, but it's, it, it, it's part of it because you think it's related for sure. It's related. Like, so if, if, if other organizations have had, you know, a change in their business over the last two, three quarters, and mm-hmm. they're trying to look at, okay, you know, we've taken some hits or whatever the case may be. We're now trying to think about how do we grow more pragmatically into next year and beyond and efficiently. Um, are you letting your mark, are you letting your sales and marketing leaders go? Are, are, are they off onto a new role because of a, uh, a six to nine month, you know, downturn? I, I, I don't think you can sort of look at the six to nine month downturn and say, Oh well, that we should plan for that, but we wanted to talk about today uh, these marketing and sales leaders that tend to move on quite quickly in an organization. You know, we yeah. see them because they might even become a customer of ours, and then six months later they're gone. They, they maybe because they don't want to be there anymore, or nine months later they're gone because maybe they, they get let go. Or so I think we want to talk about this the effect of so first of all that trend and what we're seeing and kind of just generally like capture that a bit 
you know, but then, you know, really what's reasonable to a, what we would consider to be our focus customer, right? That isn't, um, we'll get into that, our focus customer and like, what's reasonable to, uh, to have these marketing leaders? How do you best align when you hire them in the first place, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're about to, I would say probably not wipe away your leadership right now, because if they have the most knowledge about how to take you forward, this isn't, uh, you know, not something you can really plan for, but going forward, we need to know that they can drive results. Yeah. We haven't seen quite like this black swan event in the broader markets where it's just been cut every single marketer and sales leader. What we have seen is a reduction of headcount and operational spend where it's kind of, you know, anecdotally, maybe a quarter of a team or something like that. Right. So we've seen, we haven't seen many instances of uh, the most senior marketing leader or sales um, let go due to that sort of reason. Maybe there's the odd performance reason or, or, or they decide to move on or something. But for the most part, the leaders are in place. It's they're losing a core manager or a core uh, director or someone who's really in the weeds of executing or overseeing marketing programs. Mm-hmm. That's typically what we've seen so far. Yeah. And now we're seeing, so, so when we were on LinkedIn last night, we were going back and forth on just people we know. And, you know, that we see this from time to time where you kind of look at a marketing leader, say could, could be a sales leader too, but you know, at times we, and we would talk a little bit more about this, like we could be in our, our principal contact could be a, for sure a marketing leader, but could also be, they could also kind of hold the sales and marketing kind of blended thing. Um, and we just sort of look at their profile and we're like, wow, it's like, you know, again, like I said before, like nine months onto a, a new thing, you know, 11 months onto a new thing. And you think, you know, at what point, and in some cases when we first meet them, you know, it's all, they've got all the answers in the world to how they're going to develop. Guns the, a blazing. Guns a blazing, right? Yeah. Big plans yeah. is why I was hired. And then uh, you kind of see this happen and you're, you're, you kind of scratch your head a little bit to be like, how much can you actually get done, you know? Totally. And, you know, the, the thing that I've always had a hard time wrapping my head around is I think the contrast between marketing and sales is you can understand the reason for more volatility in a sales career. Maybe you're just not cutting it. You're not meeting numbers or there's a lot of factors that you would reasonably understand to say, why mm-hmm. are people moving in sales capacities from one gig to another to another kind of thing? Marketing, though, it. it it's definitely like the time frames. the average tenure at a, at, a, at a job has definitely gotten shorter over the years. And whether it's pressures, um, accountability, changes need to be made, things are just moving quicker in society, I don't know. But I think marketers have always, for as long as I've noticed, um, it's always been about two years. And I feel like that, that average is coming down to maybe even something like 18 months. Yeah. And then to your point, we see a lot of churn and transition on a regular basis. We have nearly 250 customers um, and we're probably at any given time talking to 30 to 80 other organizations outside of our customer base. I think we have a pretty good handle or perspective on what's going on. And there is so much change in in headcount and and key staff. We're not talking about people that you can afford to lose or you can live without. We're talking like significant leaders, performers and leaders in these organizations. And it's confusing to me because rarely do you see scenarios where these leaders are 
long tenured at an organization where they can truly build a plan, probably revise it and optimize as you go, and then deliver against it to be properly measured. Yeah. And to your point, if someone's been at an organization for just say two years, there's a ramp up time, what I would call a ramp down time, which we can kind of get into. Uh, and then there's that time in the middle that really sort of is make or break. But that time in the middle, I question, I think you do as well, how much can you really actually get done? And when yeah. you were to look back on your impact or if someone was to comment on it, your boss or whatever, how much impact is there? Can you reasonably say you had enough time to deliver what you set out to do? Probably not. No. And I think, you know, when we're looking at, so if we define our client really quick, so we're talking sure. about, I think, does this happen in larger organizations? Maybe in your, you know, massive multi-billion dollar organization. Yeah, they've got churn too in, in marketing. Like that's, but we're kind of focused here on organizations that, you know, are really looking to a marketing leader and their sales team to help them develop their growth. You know, they've, they've grown to a point maybe through um, the founder or, or whatever the case may be. And now they're looking to kind of go to the next level. So we're not, we're not looking at companies that are, you know, a hundred million or 50 million, even in ARR and they're, mm-hmm. they're on a track and the next marketing leader is going to ride a bit of that wave. And, you know, the rocket ships already kind of, you know, almost to the moon and they're going to jump on between the moon and Mars and it's, it's already going right. Yeah. We're looking at, well, how do we get that lift off? How do you know? And I think a lot of these organizations are saying what, like, what's reasonable for me, you know, is that a reasonable thing that I can expect? How, you know, what's a growth rate that would work for us? What, you know, and that's really what we're looking at here. So if you say, well, that's a pretty big role, that's a strategic hire. That's somebody that you would expect isn't a, t- 18 month term employee or a nine month term. Like that's a role where no. these VP of marketings are coming in and you're thinking, man, if we could all be around the table five, six, seven, eight years from now, and we've done really cool things and we've grown the business, like that's what you would want to, like they're a key leader in your organization. Yeah. So there's a, there's definitely a, and that's what we go to next. Like there's definitely a miss in terms of like, I think how these organizations view the marketing leader and even how the marketing leader views themselves or how they how they find the right you know organization to work with so here's the interesting part i spent a lot of time reading job descriptions like for these roles i think it's important because they've really changed and it speaks to us just trying to one avenue to try to continue to keep up with our ideal customer uh, and their needs and whatnot but job descriptions are generally confusing i think because one it's like it's kind of still all the whole like our workplace and this is our culture and what is culture now and you see things like never coming into the office again or flex when you want or, you know it's, it's all over the place but yeah. one of the things you always see in these strategic roles it's a it's a long-term position growth within the organization growth within the leadership team and in some cases they're mapping out the career path very much inside of the jd interesting um, not to the extent of you're going to get promoted in six months, not quite, but it, it's more like, here's the path that we see if it's like these head of marketing roles or senior directors. We so the recruiters know what people want to hear. Yeah, but the JDs are like, we anticipate this role to grow into mm-hmm. the CMO, the VP of marketing. Like It's very clearly outlined, which is kind of cool and progressive. Yeah. But I've never read a JD, to your point, that's like, this is a short-term hire that we view as an 18th to 24-month uh, thing or engagement. Yeah. And so the, then the applicants come in 
with strong resumes, great profiles, I'm sure that the hiring managers and leadership is like, okay, we, we like these three or four individuals. I can't imagine they're going and saying, guys, I only plan on being here for 24 months. So where's the disconnect between you see the outline in the yeah. JD as to this is where we see this role going. It's a strategic hire. I mean, seven, eight years to your comment before, that sounds like an eternity, but a good four year runs a reasonable ask for those kinds of roles. Yeah. Um, and then you see kind of things. So I'm like, well, who's kidding who here? <laughs> yeah. And and I, I, I don't think it's, I think putting a number on it is not really the point. I think the point is when, when you read the JD to your, what you're saying and you're like, Hey, I, I, they want me to be long-term. This is going to be, you know, if I'm coming as director, it's VP at CMO. It starts to feel like you are becoming a bigger part of the organization. And I think just as you would see your technology leader, your operations leader, um, maybe you've got a variety of different roles in, in your business, you're kind of saying through that JD that, well, we, we expect you to be on the leadership team. And it, it quite literally says that in some cases. Yeah. So, so it's like, why? And, and those other leaders, by the way, they're probably not looking at a four-year run either. They're probably like, yeah, if I'm, if I'm a SVP, if I'm, if I'm a VP, if I'm, if I'm growing in this organization, why wouldn't I be here? Unless there's something that comes along where like, the, you know, depending on where they are in their career growth, where they're like, hey, I'm, I need to move into another industry or something. Like, I, I just think that the marketing role seems to be looked at internally because I think those recruiters are doing a good job pulling people in with their descriptions, it's like, it's almost looked at as like, well, that's not going to be a someone that's going to be around the table for very long. I mean, maybe if they go do their job, they will. And if they become a big contributor to the organization, but it does feel like for these types of companies, well, we don't have marketing today. Really? We got something. We're going to go hire somebody, bring them in. Right. Mm. So in their minds, they're thinking, okay, you know, we're a $30 million business or whatever, you know, we're going to become a hundred million dollar business with this person helping us get there. And then a couple of years go by and you're like, you know, we're still a 30 million or we're 35 or, you know, we kind of, we were going to grow that anyway. And I can see why they think that I could see the argument that says, well, maybe that person didn't do their job or maybe, you know, maybe our expectations were too high. I don't know. Right. Yep. So, I mean, there, there's, there's more than one answer to why these things happen. I'm, as you were saying that, I was putting myself in the shoes of, um, like, as we're describing it here, a typical uh, high-performing marketing leader. Yeah. And suppose your your resume is some really good wins and your average tenor over your last, you know, you've worked at, say, four organizations in the last 10 years, of which you're each kind of averaging roughly two, two and a half years per. It's a bit generous for what we're talking about, but... So then I you, think it is generous from what we're talking about. So yeah. maybe we'll wind it back. We'll say like eight years mm. for organizations, maybe five or something. Right. Mm -hmm. um, how, how would I, as the marketer explain sort of like, there's gotta be a logical progression. Why did I move from here to here? And I think what the marketer would say, like, let's just say it's a VP role they're they're interviewing for. And within that JD, it's we, we see the right individual taking on this VP marketing role and working their way up to a CMO level, which is pretty common, I think, in those JDs. Mm -hmm. And so you say, okay, that's that's the plan. And maybe it's like one of those things where after, call it 15, 18 months, they're not seeing it. They're trying like hell or, you know, for whatever reason, it's like it, it's become clear like that career progression just isn't there. So then they decide to move on. You're like, okay, 
now take yourself back through those four jobs in eight years and you're like well was that a case where you were clear about your intentions and you didn't see it so then you decided to make a move to that role in a different organization right maybe i mean that's again that's probably pretty generous but doesn't the question become well are you as the individual not identifying the right situations um, and that asking you can the right questions. Yeah, that you can be successful. Right. And then it's like if you kind of land on, well, maybe that's part of the explanation for why there's so much movement. Why here? Why do you think it's different here? Yeah. Because maybe you won't be successful in this role in this company where someone else would be, which is commonly the case too. Yeah. It's almost like you're picking – it's it's trying to find the ingredients for uh, a successful marketing hire. Like what, it, what are those ingredients that – and – I think it is challenging because if, if generally speaking, a lot of these people, to your point, five places in eight years, the one that we looked at last night was probably even a bit more than that because there was a couple of nine and 11 monthers in there. Mm -hmm. And so generally speaking, that's the pool of candidates you're working with. You're not, you're not seeing people that, you know, oh, you know, I, I was literally part of this you know, small thing that became big and it was a four to five year thing. And we really honed that in. And it was, it, it's an industry that's close enough to what you're doing in yeah. terms of like size and shape of how we might go about the marketing. So I really see that being something that would make sense. You know, a lot of the times you look at even the job roles and you're like, how is it that this person is even in that role? Like, I understand generally speaking, it's all within tech or all within retail sure, or sure. all within something. But when you look at the actual products or the types of businesses, they're wildly different. You got to figure like their, to their total addressable market is way different. They're, you know, how they might go, the maturity of the market that they're going into is way different. Just all these factors. And you think to yourself, like, how do you do that? If you're somebody come going from this to that, like that's not. And even the, so the, for the hiring manager side of the equation, it's like if they're not super familiar with the space, the industry, the, the vertical, the categories, whatever, the oh, ramp yeah. up time is going to be longer, maybe not twice as long, but significantly more, call it 20, 25%. And then it's like, okay, so the time to value is even longer and there's more risk. Um, something that I hear a lot, I talk to all kinds of marketing leaders, like, you know, a lot of the time when we get brought in, like, hey, can we up the engagement either on a short term, long term, because there's been personnel uh, changes within their organization? Sure, no problem. But I always ask kind of, well, why? What's going on? Mm. And a lot of times their employee left. It was a good employee. Employee was happy. They got leading up to probably October when some of the layoffs started kicking in. It was usually they got uh, poached by someone else, bigger role, more money. They weren't really looking, but mm. kind of fell into their lap and there they go. And it's interesting. One of the questions I have for you is like when you're hiring like a level talent, like really strong performers in their particular roles, is it ever a concern for you that, okay, yikes, this is a great employee. I have concerns whether one, we can keep he or she um, sort of like challenged and motivated over a long-term period. And two, what's stopping someone else from seeing the same things that I see where he or she's really, really strong. Right. Do they pose a risk of being poached because of said strength? Yeah. Well, I think we've made, I think we've made or, or, or not made hiring decisions based on that in the past. You know, we've looked at candidates and said, you know, this might be one of those scenarios that, you mm -hmm. know, that creates a level of uncertainty after a short period of time that they might, that might be with us. But I think that question, if you said, let's apply that to a leadership team versus, you know, a um, 
like an individual contributor that's high performance, you know, across mm -hmm. maybe a manager function, you know, yeah, yeah, manager kind of maybe senior manager kind of role. So if we say, no, this is more like a, maybe a director or an end up kind of role, certainly on your leadership team. I would say, yeah, because I would, I, the, what I would be looking at is I would try to do an honest assessment of like where I think we're at in the organization from developing that go-to-market strategy, right? And if I thought we're far away still from really being able to prove out our ability to sell, like like attract and sell yeah. customers, I would think that, well, that person's probably going to have a hard time too. Like, I don't know that they'll be able to come in in a short period of time, especially if they're a whiz-bang, and get all that done. And certainly... I don't like the idea of somebody coming in for a short period of time and then they're gone after, yeah. you know, even if you said, wow, we got $5 million of growth in two, two years. I mean, that, that person did a great job. <laughs> I would be sad. Cause I'd be like, well, why aren't you still with us? Then? She crushed you know? it. And now she's gone. Like, yeah. Wow. We would have liked her to keep crushing it. <laughs> yeah. Keep crushing it. Or, but I mean, I guess you could look back on that and be like, you know, she cracked a nut. And that we didn't have that. And, that, and somebody else can an come in contribution, a huge contribution. Um, but I, I think what's more likely, and I think what we often observe in our customer base and prospect base and people that we follow and, and, and know about is that, and this goes back to, maybe we can talk about this next is, you know, what's a reasonable timeline when you look at, okay, if it's an 18 month CMO turnover, VP of marketing turnover, and you got ramp up and ramp down, you know, for these organizations that don't have liftoff, what is realistic, you know, and I think it is. It ties into the marketer. So t the business side has to be realistic and apply a certain amount of resources and funds to make that happen. But then the marketing leader also on their side has to also be able to manage that conversation to say, I'm not going to blow my brains out in a year. And we're going to, we're, we're getting Zoom info. We're spending all this paid media. We're going crazy in the first year, recognizing that that's largely going to be testing. You're not going to know, you're not going to be able to have anything likely that you're going to be able to say scale no. it, right? So again, you're going to be here for a bit. Like I think in an organization that doesn't have liftoff, you're going to be here for a bit. So again, like what's a reasonable, and I think it also, we didn't talk about this, but let's talk about the timeline. Let's talk about comp plans. Because I don't know how, you know, I think that's a Whoa. valid point, right? If you're a sales okay. marketing leader or a marketing leader and you're like, you know, I'm getting paid on pipeline. I get paid on all this stuff. And all of a sudden it's like, Ugh. It's I think not that happening. Could, that could be a re exactly. It's like for reasons well out of your control. In some cases, you're yeah. like, "Oh, I'm not going to make number. I have an accountability to myself, my family, my my own personal goals. I I need to go find this somewhere else." But yeah. I just as a general comment, then we'll jump right into sort of because you had a few things there. But um, I kind of view this a little bit like there's almost like this like consensual hallucination in a lot of industries. Strong term, but it, it's sort of like. You look at certain individuals, I was looking at a different profile last night. This person was um, raving about the culture of the organization she was at for uh, 16 months. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a strong company. They're publicly traded. And in general, she just had nothing but amazing things to say. And then she, she left to go somewhere else. And um, it's almost like you could see, and she, she kind of comments on it. She's like, yeah, it's a really tough decision to leave, blah, blah, blah. And it's sort of like, so why did you leave? Yeah. It sounds like a great place. There was... In the 16 months, there was a promotion there too. Okay. I think it was like seven months on one role, nine in another, something like that. Okay. So it all looks and sounds good. It's a good company. Like anyone in this industry would know it. And so it's, 
I always wonder, like, do these individuals, is there like this pressure that they feel like they have to keep jumping and moving to bigger, better? And it's almost like the hiring managers, it's all like they've all been in these same organizations. It's almost, it's like you see in pro sports where they just kind of recycle the same, like, 40 coaches for 30 jobs. Yeah. And it's really, there is a fit component, Mm -hmm. but it's sort of like the, the individual is playing the game. But the, the consensual component of my comment is the organizations are too. Like, they're mm. not stupid. They know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. They're just as much as the solutions they are the problem. But it's it's mutual hallucination. Like, we, we all know what's going to happen here. If you're hiring someone with a track record of they've had four jobs in 15 years, that's a big difference. I, I think part of the hallucination is that they, at the board level and and we've seen this because like having the last business acquired and, you know, having to run a board and manage um, up to an investment profile that's being done in the business, you know, they're setting the targets in terms of where they think the company needs to grow. And it's mm-hmm. so disconnected, I think, in a lot of ways from some of what's re- real and possible from a marketing Very perspective. Right? Goals. It's get there. Well, how do I get there? I'm just going to hire the best talent I can worry about long term retention and tenure. Later. Later. Yeah. So we're not building a team as much as we are building the next campaign. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's a good way to put it. Or like, it's kind of how like sport team, sports teams look at it. It's like, we're just trying the objective. We could care less about the long term. We're concerned about let's win the title this year. That's it. Yeah. What's going to get us there? Like all those guys' contracts expiring, whatever. Let's just focus on the next like six to eight months. And I think in, in, Maybe when because uh, of this public I mean, look, we work with bigger companies. It's not like we we don't work with large organizations. But I think in the topic of this podcast, we're really focusing on the impact that turnover in your marketing leadership. Call it sales leadership. You can throw in there too. But I think to your point, like sometimes that's a little bit easier for the CEO, presidents, for for, for the for the leadership team to kind of understand, right? Mm. I think we're focused on those organizations that don't have liftoff, don't have big budgets, aren't kind of like, hey, we need to get to the next quarter, next next six-month performance. These are companies that, again, are looking to build build a a process that that they can grow off of, right? So I think what you're saying, and this is kind of what we've said all along, big tech has kind of wrecked it, is that you've got this stuff going on, a big part of it is going on around the edges. And then these smaller companies, they kind of get wooed as well. They're thinking, yes. oh, well, that's the same recipe for me, right? If I get one of those people, they'll they'll change my business. So in some ways, it's about rethinking the expectations. If you're not a big player, like you said, I can't remember before the podcast, you said something about like, um, they're going to come in and, and they're going to, I can't remember the exact words you use, but a new marketing leader, they're not prepared for the impact that they might have, you know, the, the, what they're going to want to be able to do. Oh, they don't like the foundations and the infrastructure to support this marketing leader who wants to come in, wants to do all these things. It's usually I've described it as like uncomfortable because right. they're aggressive. They're, they're being asked to go do this, but the organization is just not ready for someone to come in and say, you're on podcasts and we're sending emails and the, the company profile is going to explode and, and paid I need media this and, and this and that and this spending and, and yeah. resources. Well, look, we, we, we have, we have a, a cost, we have a, a prospect right now. And, you know, I think you and I, you said it before you met them, which I thought was interesting, but I said it after I met them. And this is kind of an interesting thing that I wanted to talk about too, is that brand new marketing leader. Okay. From a, from a, a, a bank, um, 
large financial institution and went to a fintech, I guess you'd call it a fintech mm -hmm. um, type of thing. And, oh, I need, you know, starting to go up in there for three, three, four months. I need to start looking at how I'm going to build my plan for 2023. What's my, what's my resources? What's my budget? What kind of agency support can I get? So not talking a big game at all, just literally pretty, pretty down to earth, but hey, oh, I'm going to need this. I'm going to need a certain amount of, of agency support. Cool. That sounds great. And then budget gets presented, totally gets shot down, you know? <laughs> and actually yeah. one of the things you mentioned earlier was the tenor. And I thought in, in many, if you look at all of our customers and you look at, well, I shouldn't say all of our customers. If you, yeah, if you look across the entire customer base, the ones that have been the most profitable, the most successful, the biggest um, impact probably on both sides of the table have been with organizations that have long tenored marketing people and or people in the organization that we're working. Every single one of them. If you go down that list, and I think we saw that in the prospects recently, mm -hmm. brand new marketing leaders coming in, this is crazy economy, they're trying to go get budget for something, shot down. Whereas it's like, oh, you're eight years in our business, you're seven years, you're five years in our business, we know and trust you, you're asking for something, you're bringing this thing for us to sign off, and, and they, it's getting approved. And the individual just knows the organization, they know what they can ask for they know how to position it too yeah when and i've been here in another life where you're in you're new to an organization you know reasonably the program the size of it the scale and the scope um you know what's required so then you bring it to the leadership and they're and they're like wow it's like sticker shock yeah and they're not comfortable with it and they may have sort of said it anecdotally when you meet them in interviews but when you get in there and you say okay so for real it's on i need 100 grand a quarter whoa what could you do for 20 grand a quarter <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably not produce as much but like the, that actually happens there's no question yeah and so you know it just goes back to this disconnect around the hiring process right mm -hmm. and and i think you know everybody says what they're going to say but i don't think the right questions are being asked and i don't think the right um on both sides but that's part sides, of the right? the consensual hallucination it's yeah. sort of like we're all on our best behavior and everyone kind of hears what they want to hear and you might turn to <laughs> turn a blind eye to a bit of a red flag but there is definitely um rug pulls that happen yeah but yeah for sure i i think it's more rare when it's like everything that was promised and said as part of the interview process comes to fruition yeah i've almost never heard someone say came into this marketing role day one leadership says here you go here's everything that you said you needed as part of your plan and vision go yeah yeah exactly so um where does that leave us where does that leave us now what do you do <laughs> yeah what do you do i think um it's an interesting time there's just so much movement uh for a variety of reasons right like we kind of outlined at the beginning of the session but i think it puts organizations in, in an awful lot of risk because at the end of the day they need to grow mm -hmm. they need talented people to drive that retention's harder than ever for so many reasons attracting the right talent in the first place is hard and i think identifying the talents equally as hard especially when you're looking for it's one thing if you said money's no object to a reasonable level we're going to go hire an a-level talent you can yeah. find them and you'll pay for it but i think the even harder one is how do we find an up-and-comer who we think can be with us for that four to six years yeah that's and really and I think if you said we could pay for an A player that has some sort of a quote unquote track record, 
again, it's getting that alignment on all those points that we talked about earlier around, are you actually prepared to allow that leader to, to go do their thing? And I think that leader coming in as well to be like, well, I need to know that I've got all this support. That's pretty yeah. obvious. But I also think it's like more around, maybe this falls more on the court, on the company side, but you know, this is the industry that we're in. So you're never going to know a hundred percent what you're getting yourself into from a market viability perspective. Hey, we've got a widget that we sell, or we've got a piece of tech that we sell and Hey, it sounds great. You know, and maybe we've got some funding and we're, we're trying to grow our marketing. You don't know how, how the market's going to react to that till you go actually hammer on the marketing and make it happen. So yeah. there's a little bit, there's always going to be these unknowns as you get into it, but I think more can be done to flush out, you know, hundred grand a quarter. I'm looking at this hundred grand a quarter is what we're going to need. Oh, no way in hell. We're not doing that. Okay, cool. That's, that's good. So now I've avoided another move because that, that doesn't make sense yeah. on the, on the employer side. It's almost like, uh, it's kind of like sales qualification. Yeah. Where, yeah. Tell me about your career ambitions in the short term, long term, where do you want to be? But really getting into, well, what happens if you don't get that title in a year and a half? Right. Is that, is it the title? Is it the money? Like, and really dig into like what's in that? Because I think you need to know the viability of this candidate being with you long term. I don't know if those questions are always being asked. Like, we'll never know. But I think you've got to be certain that individual will stay through thick and thin. Yeah. And, I mean, God, it's going to be choppy for a few years, I would think. I just think that there's so much value, especially for the ICP that we're talking about. Again, we're not talking about someone that's got lift off or, you know, is already kind of scaled to a point. Like we're, we're talking about the organization that's trying to start, like get that process going, right? Yeah. And it's not that they, they haven't done it before. But again, we're, we're looking for an organi- a, a leader to come in and make that ha- happen. I just think that it's so costly to the company to have turnover in that role to say oh, 18 months, you know, ramp up, ramp down. So we can do more up front to try to suss out this, this, you know, this fit between the two, between the two um, people. And then on, I think on the other side, it's so, I guess as long as the market continues to be crazy and accept the nine month, the 11 month, the eight month, the six month, Oh, here's another role. Yeah. You know, nothing will, nothing will change in this regard, but I think it's a lot more rewarding for the individual to say, hey, I actually got in there. I knew what I was getting myself into to a large degree. We actually executed for a few years. We got growth, maybe not as much as we thought, but we went through the whole process. Now I'm in four years and I'm ready to kind of go to the next thing. I think a lot of these moves are because of the breakdown that occurs between the leader and the individual, right? Like you said, the, what did you call it? Mutual uh consensual hallucination consensual hallucination and then they get out of it and they're like uh this isn't working yeah but maybe that speaks to just generally speaking what we're seeing which is everything's more about the now term it's not even near term like now term and it's sort of like deal with that when we get there we recognize this might not be a long-term individual and the individuals moving for all kinds of reasons as well yeah and maybe that's just where we're at because like we got to wrap up in a minute but i i know like when i introduce myself to to folks have been at Goose Digital six years. I was in a call, uh, I think it was earlier this week or last week, and um, it was three of us. It was uh, Sanaz and Mark. Sanaz says, I've been with Goose for three years. Happy anniversary, Sanaz. And Mark says, I've been been here six years. And I said, I've been here six years. And they were like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And like to them, that was just so 
shocking. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, well, okay, well, this kind of speaks to our team. Yeah. But people just aren't motivated like that anymore. And I think, you know, we're in the, the now movement, right? Everyone yeah. wants things faster and, and all that stuff. And I just think that's part of the acceptance in this market. We're not going to have the people for long. We may not even need them for long. And not that it's a, they're saying it in a bad way, but they're like, we don't even care about the, the later. Yeah. Let's just achieve objectives today. That's the pressure we're under. Yeah. And we had uh, our late, most latest partner customer that came on signed with us this week this week Mm -hmm. yeah this week last week a long-term agreement again the people that were signing with us had been there for one was there for five years one was there for eight years yeah now they did hire a new director of marketing who's going to become more of a person to work with us but it was the vp of marketing and the vp of customer success both of which have been there for a really long time yeah and um I just think that that was, you know, another thing to your point, another example of like when you've got people that understand the needs and can really align with the internal stakeholders, things can get done and are probably more stable even for us as an agency, right? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, sounds good. Um, so much in this topic vein. to get yeah, through. Yeah. There's a lot here. Maybe I'll interview you in one of them and just say like, what do you look for in hiring these kinds of roles? Yeah. How do you balance the sort of the now with future, how do you balance like a level potential, uh, highly poachable yep. to maybe not quite a level, but longer tenure, greater overall impact. Yep. Mobile, yeah. Mobile, global, all that stuff. Yeah. I love it. All right. Cool. Thank you. Thanks.